Earth to Spock. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. Podcast. My name is Luke Kerr. Joining me today to discuss Star Trek Strange New Worlds is a not so strange to Geek Confidential listeners' ears, Mo Walker. Welcome, Mo. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Here to boldly go where no one has gone before. Or where we've talked about Star Trek all the many times before. Yes. Uh, yes. One of the two. Well, we're here to discuss the new Star Trek series. It has been out so far. There have been, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes. But we're going to be discussing the first five um, of the season. We've got a 10-episode season, which, if you remember last week's episode regarding Obi-Wan Kenobi, I believe that the perfect premium season is a 9 or 10-episode season. So for me, this actually feels right. Strange New Worlds stars Anson Mount as Captain Christopher Pike, who was also discussed in a recent episode because he made a cameo appearance in the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness as a Black Bolt. Um, it also stars Ethan Peck as Spock, uh, Christina Chong as Laon, uh, Jess Bush as Nurse Chapel. We've got Rebecca Romaine as Una, Melissa Navia as Erica. We've got Celia Rose Gooding as Nyota, Babs, and I have no idea how this last name is pronounced, so I apologize, Ulusanmokun as Dr. M. Benga, uh, Gia Sandu as Tapring, Andre Day Kim as Chief Kyle. So, Mo, this is quite the talented cast. They're, it's very dynamic. It's very diverse. What do you think of the casting? Because I swoon, like I personally swoon every episode at Captain Pike and Spock because I think that they like they're very hot. But that's just for a superfluous from a superfluous standpoint. But what do you think of the cast, how it gels and who stands out for you? Honestly, I think this cast really gels really well. And, you know, it's one of those things where you uh, consider, you know, um, when when Star Trek the original series uh, made its made its debut back in you know the 60s, um, the cast that it had was considered diverse for its time, and I and it and it really and it talks about the va- the values of the Federation of being inclusive and all representative. And here now in uh, 2022, we have a show that really tries to live up to that and and is reflective in the cast that we have and so i'm again like you said i'm really engaged with this cast and they have such wonderful absolutely wonderful uh chemistry and and i think that um for rebecca remain one of the things that you know for for me one of my favorite roles for rebecca remain in the last you know, 20 years was her portrayal as Mystique in the X-Men movies. And to me, this, you know, could potentially um, 
um, eclipsed my love of her as Mystique. And I enjoyed her when she guest starred in the second season of uh, Star Trek Discovery as, as Una. But really just digging into this this character, I think the episodes have been getting um, a, a lot of, of material for Rebecca Remain to 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 bite into, particularly that third episode where we find out a bit of her backstory. Um, I love the evolution of Ethan Peck's Spock. I think that you know we're there has been more so character v- development for Spock in this season than I think we've seen in a very long time in oh. film or TV. I mean, it oh. is unbelievable. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he, he, the, the. I mean, again, I, you, we got the introduction of Pex, you know, uh, version of Spock in in that second season of Star Trek Discovery. We did get some background character information, particularly in relation to his um, relationship with his adopted sister uh, Burnham. But in this, I think that we are seeing, you know, the road to the classic uh, Nimoy Spock. We, I, I feel like we're, we're, it's, the bridge is being built to, to connect. And I, and I think a lot of it has to do with um, the tone of the series because it does feel back very much a throwback to the original Star Trek series in terms of the tone of the episodes it's just very in a, in a modern context. I think that this cast really gels. Pike, Nurse Chapel, Spock, Una, they all stand out for me as the ones that really draw my attention from a, like a storyline standpoint. We're getting all of this character development from Spock. We've got the mystery regarding Pike's death and how that's all playing out. Nurse Chapel intrigues me because she is the one who seems to be the character depiction of someone who is stunted relationship wise. And no matter what show you watch, if you have someone who struggles with relationships and like letting their guard down, it always makes for an interesting character to me. So she has that role in this series, Rebecca's character, Una and what we learn about her, people's history and what they did in one of the episodes is a a pretty powerful story. So I'm really interested in that. Dr. Mbenga, his story about his daughter, like we're getting elements and backstories told throughout multiple episodes, or sometimes in the case of Una, we got almost an entire episode about what we've learned are her people we're getting a lot of character development. And I was not expecting to have Spock's relationship be the primary romantic relationship that drives that characterization on the show. I have been very surprised by that. The fact that Spock and T'Pring as a Vulcan and then, or as a half human, half Vulcan and a Vulcan. I, I'm loving it. I was not expecting it. And then they did the body switch episode. (laughs) And I'm like, Spock 
being the 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 personality of Spock being portrayed within Gia Sandu's body, which is because she plays uh, T'Pring, and then him having to do T'Pring was fantastic. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. What do you, what do you think of the romantic storylines? Or, or the romantic arcs that these various characters are getting. Are there any others that stand out for you? Well, I, I think, again, I, I have to laugh because, you know, it's like this show is basically like the many loves of Spock. Right. That with T'Pring. But then again, because you, if you, again, you know your history, at least in the, in the contemporary context, you still got Spock from, and Uhura. Uhura. Then you got Spock, that they, they'd hinted about that, that, Remember Spock and Nurse Chapel? She, I mean, just it's it essentially is it's just like <laughs> Spock is just pulling in all the ladies. Uh, but and and so, but and you and you brought up uh, Doctor Mbanga and his daughter, and when that reveal occurred, that was a gut punch to me. Yes, and you know, there's so and what, much. What's- no, go go ahead. What's interesting about that gut punch is it was unexpected because he's not a character that we see a lot. And so they maximized what little time we have seen him in order to create the most impact to create that gut punch. That's what so surprised me. Yeah, I, I yeah, I tot- I totally agree. It's like it, it's it really does feel like when you think about late 80s early 90s Star Trek shows Mm -hmm. and how those episodes again they were running you got 24 25 episode season something along those lines and how you would get these episodes that would focus on a particular character you would learn a little bit of their backstory a little bit of their motivation not just like the main primary crew but you know uh o'brien or some just some random person we're getting all of this right in you know this is the 10 episode season and they are just utilizing their time really well. They understand that, you know, the mystique of Star Trek is certainly going to strange new worlds and interacting with alien life forms, but it's intertwining that personal conflict. And, you know, whether from the, from Jump, you know, that whole first episode, again, when you got Christopher, uh, Christopher Pike, you know, worrying about, you know, his future visions and where he's going to end up at, you know, that was, that was a catalyst. I mean, again, we, we already talked about the, uh, Uda episode, uh, and, and, and when you sneak, uh, and Banga's storyline in there, the relationship stuff with Spock, Ohura, I mean, the development of Ohura and, you know, filling in the pieces of her backstory about how, you know, she she kind of wasn't sure she wanted to be in in, in Starfleet. Um, she had other options, but then her parents died, and then you know, a grandparent said, "Hey, you should you should join Starfleet," and she's just randomly here. And you know, you're you're getting those 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 plot elements interwoven into what is the you know story of the week. And I like the fact that it is the story of the week. With, you know, some ongoing plots. And, and, and of course, you know, we haven't, you know, talked about Singh and her and that legacy of that character. Um, the fact that she's related to Khan, 
data, all that. I mean, so that's that's the one that I that's the character that I've struggled with the most because I have not watched all the Star Trek series and I've not watched all the Star Trek movies, but I've watched like Captain Janeway. I've watched so many episodes of that. I don't know that I've watched the whole thing because I was watching it when it was in syndication, but I've watched a ton of those episodes Um, and I've watched Picard and Discovery and I've watched some of the other ones, but I my my knowledge of Star Trek does not cover the encompass the entire movie and or television franchises. And so she's been the one where I've felt the least attachment to. And maybe that's just because I don't understand those elements that you're bringing up. Yeah. I mean, well, especially with the con business, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, con as played by Ricardo Montalban, um, in Star Trek two. I mean, you, you, that was intentional. You don't bring that, that I mean, especially with the hyphen, you right. don't bring that in into the law without, you know, that's Chekhov's gun. That's something's going to happen there at some point. And then, of course, you know, uh, doc, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Saint, you know, with with data and all that um, from Star Trek. I mean, you you again, it's it's clear as day. They are they, they sowing these um sowing the seeds of these these plot threads and so it, 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 there's a lot here that they can branch off and do stories about for uh for years to come let's talk about a couple of the episodes that have aired what did you think of the episode where they go down to the planet and they're using the audio tones to try and um unlock this device which is apparently is was sent out by like the creators of the universe, blah, 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 but it's being protected by this other ship and its impact on the planet below. What did you think of that episode? Well, again, that, that was the, you know, um, Uhura, <laughs> um, the Ahura shines episode, as I like to call it. Cause it, it really does allow that, that, that that uh, episode um and and if that honestly it felt like a classic star trek episode just with better looking sets and you know cgi it it the the beats you know it really played like a classic trek episode it was a i think it was a good episode to have um early on again because it shows how uh uhura is trying to find her way you know as you know the junior officer or you know the cadet amongst the the enterprise because they've all everybody else has pretty much has established relationships um yeah go ahead the other episode that I've seen very positive reaction to was Memento Mori, which is an episode in which Enterprise is basically being hunted and they're they're needing to use every technique trick in the book to try and escape being hunted. That is not something that it that you 
you see it in various sci-fi, like you'll see it on a Farscape, you'll see it on various sci-fi series, but it's not something that we've seen quite that depicted quite this way in a Star Trek series in a while. What did you think of how that played out? You know, I think it's a good, very psychological episode. Um, that's the one where we get um, a little bit of information, a little bit of backstory about uh, Lyanne, uh Noonan Singh. And again, sets up that threat, you know, the boogeyman, basically, um, who will, I, will, will clearly come back at, at some point. But it's it's a nice one. we crossed over genre elements so you got the psychological horror intermixed with the the science fiction and again i feel like these first few episodes are all about letting us get to know these characters and and does it in a way that feels familiar not in a bad way it feels like star trek you haven't yet watched The Serene Squall, which had a massive cliffhanger, so we'll have to save that discussion um, for another episode. Uh, what One of the things that I sort of have been surprised by is the awkward buddy cop element of Una and Leon. What do you think about how that is sort of playing out where... They're checking off the red shirt list um, and going and to try and accomplish things. It's it's very interesting. Neither of them really know how to have fun, but yet they're sort of doing having fun together. You mean, or as they like to say, where fun goes to die. That right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, so it's 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 interesting parallel between it's the two of them, and then you have Pike and Spock, and and so it, it is this interesting parallel to see those two, um, more or less, those two different sets of dynamic duos, and what they they bring to the what they bring to the table, especially interesting because I think, you know, after that, up until that third episode, you know, we, we didn't, you know, um, Una was hiding her backstory from Leon. And I think that it tested that relationship, but it's clear by the time you get back to to the fifth episode, you know, it's, there's probably still like a little bit of bumpiness there, but, um, it's it's more or less smooth smooth over and then the fact that uh una had brought leon into was the one was the inspiration for her joining starfleet there there's clearly you know that that mentor mentee dynamic had been established you know in the first episode uh i i like the pair together i think um that you know we'll we'll, we'll continue to get pairings i i'm i'm i just i enjoy them so what do you think of Pike's end story? Like he knows how he's going. To, he's, he knows that he's going to end up badly burned and it's foreshadowing or it is influencing many of the choices that he's making. It's the reason why he was in a, a, a form of retirement at the very, in the very first episode. It's something that has haunted him in the early episodes and that Una has tried to not less necessarily reassure him, but has told him that yes, you've seen one outcome, but outcomes can be changed. 
what do you think of that element sort of overshadowing the entire series? Well, you know, I'm, that's kind of hard, a hard question to kind of grapple because it's, it, it goes back to theoretically this show, um, Stranger Worlds is supposed to be, it's a prequel to the original Star Trek, but is it a prequel to the original Star Trek in its original iteration? And I think, and, and, and this is where kind of we got that kind of jumping off point is, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I don't think that there, uh, this show has to be confined by, uh, tied down by the uh, original continuity. I think there is some wiggle room. Uh, and and what it, and what it means is for Pike is perhaps with that foreknowledge and the fact that you know you might as well say that this is probably not alternate reality like that you know he there there is an opportunity for things to change now perhaps you know as they like to say in Doctor Who this is like a fixed point in time and it's immutable and it can't be changed and you know and you know, maybe he does end up the same way as it's been foreshadowed. And um, I I think part of it has to do with, you know, how long the show lasts. I mean, they've got themselves enough of a cushion in terms of the, the timeline that this show could go on for a number of years without butting up against those original star dates or whatnot. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that there's a bit of a swerve. What else has stood out for you that I have not asked about? Well, I mean, again, and I, I, for me, think that the things that stand, and this is more um, background information, more about, I think, visually, it's a striking show. Uh, I think that from a music standpoint, the music feels, and I hate to keep saying it's like like traditional Star Trek, but very contemporary. I think that the types of episodes we're getting, you know, because we would get those comedic episodes, we would get those um, thriller episodes. We, you know, we've gotten some. I went some action oriented episodes. We got the episode where you know people have. The, the, the crew of being uh, possessed or have uh, been exposed to some sort of toxin or something. So we're getting all of those classic elements in a very, in a contemporary package. Um, I'm curious though. And, 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 and I agree with you where I think with this, you know, this being a 10 episode season, I think it is enough to tell a decent story line, uh, uh, tell Store enough story that you feel like it's an actual meal, um, but to me, I, I I think that for quote unquote older Star Trek fans, I think that there's a lot in here for them to enjoy. So here's a question: Where do you rank this in first season Paramount Plus? Star Trek series. Discovery, um, Picard, Strange New Worlds. How would you rank them? You know, you're not throwing lower decks in the net. 
<laughs> we're not putting lower decks in there. It's not live action. Uh, but just purely on the first season. So, so you know, I've only seen you know we've I've only basically seen half the first season. So I think it is kind of unfair to judge the show on first seasons of these other Paramount Plus shows because I will say um, their the Discovery first season was was really really good once you know uh, things picked up and I think the other part with Picard you know once they got off Earth things really picked up whereas this I feel like from Jump you know there's been this forward momentum we've been moving forward and moving 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 mm-hmm. um I, I, you'll have to come back to me on that one because I I feel like I can't I I, I yeah I feel like I can't judge this show um, the same the same way as I did the others. I will say that at this point in the season, I'm enjoying Strange New Worlds. You know, halfway through a bit more than what I was with the first season of Picard because I don't necessarily feel like we had gotten um, an adequate enough. Uh, adequate enough information okay we will put a pin on that question then we'll wait till the season ends and then we will see from there we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com join us in our facebook community there's a link to it at geekconfidential.com you can find us on twitter twitter.com slash gkconfidential also like us on facebook facebook.com slash gkconfidential you can find me on twitter at luke underscore kerr and mo is at dr mo 77 We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Long live 